Today on CityCast Boise, drag shows are the new target of conservative politicians in Idaho. There's a good chance that a ban on all public performances will surface at the legislature soon. Our guest today wishes that Republicans understood what drag is really about, community and art. And a heads up, this episode does include references to sexual assault. It's Thursday, January 19th, 2023. I'm Frankie Barnhill, filling in for Emma Arnold, and this is CityCast Boise. Aliha Gemini, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm excited to talk to you. Uh, I scoped your Instagram and you are just the most glamorous, incredible performer. (laughs) I have to know what I haven't been able to see you yet. So what is your drag performance like? Like I hear you perform to Lizzo quite a bit. So I would say so. Yeah, Lizzo is one of my I say that her music is like my bread and butter because I always cater to body positivity and she has definitely helped me within the drag scene of Boise come up because I was listening to her back in 2016 and 17 and when she even came for Tree Ford mm-hmm. back in 2017, I like to embody her and everything that she stands for. So um, definitely when you come to a Maliha show, it's very, you don't have to spell it out, body positivity. I I'm hoping that everyone can see that I just embody that just by walking out there in all the glam, the outfits, everything, and just inspiring people to wear what they want when they want, and it's their body, and to cherish and love what you have now. (laughs) So I'm always just like, live in the moment, and when you go to a Malia show and you see her, that's what you're going to (laughs) get. I love that. I feel like Boise could use a lot more of that body positivity, and uh, and more Lizzo in general, everywhere, all the time. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, and people might not know that you grew up in Caldwell. You went to U of I. You're very much, you know, from Idaho. You have Idaho roots. And you really found your voice through drag. And and it seems like this art form has been very important in your life, formative. I mean, I remember my life prior to drag. And there was definitely an absence of community, especially queer community. And I think um, without drag, I think I would have still been too shy. Even being out, I would still be too shy to mingle and get involved with my queer community if it wasn't for drag. So yeah, so just, I honestly think drag for my my connection with like my queer community. Back in October, we learned from the Idaho Capital Sun that the Idaho Family Policy Center, which is a Christian lobbying organization, was planning to target drag shows. At the time we were recording this with you, we haven't actually seen a bill, but the plan from IFPC is to focus on performances in public spaces. What was your reaction when you heard about this? Were you surprised or, you know, obviously probably angry, disappointed? Yeah, I was surprised. It's funny because we see and we hear these things of the right attacking any like drag story times in different parts of the country where they're they're being protested at. But for the last couple of years, we've had numerous um, story times with drag in public libraries, like in in Pocatello um, with some of the queens down there. Um, we've had even story time with drag with kids the last couple of years with Tree Fort. And during Pride, we would also have other drag story times. That never got any publicity, that never got any uproar. 
like I knew there was, I knew there was definitely people, um, conservatives here in Idaho, but like, I've never had an issue growing up, especially in Caldwell. I've never had folks say anything to me or any negative interactions. So I was definitely surprised. And, and then I started to get worried because then you think about, okay, so this bill is going to target any kind of public performance, meaning pride. And that is like a huge thing, especially for queens, because we're like the mascots of the queer community. Yeah. So I'm wondering, like with this proposed ban of public drag performance, like what's the number one thing, in your opinion, that lawmakers just don't get about drag performance that you wish that they understood? One of the things that I wish that they would understand is that at the end of the day, it is art. And I try to put myself in a, a conservative lawmaker's shoes just because I like to look at things from all angles. And it's hard because with folks like that, the root of it is fear and just not being educated on things like that. So when they see something, they catch one little negative notion of it. They will run with it and be like, this is the poster child and this is the blanket for all drag. And I want them to know that that's not the case, especially in Idaho. When we queens are hired to do anything that's public, um, especially with pride, or if we're doing something that's an all ages event, we have protocols that we follow and that that means that if there are going to be all ages there even if it's not advertised as an all ages but it's in a public place you never know so we all we know what songs to perform we know how to dress accordingly we make sure that we're all wearing things that are you know pg because it's a public space it's it's pride it's a festival it is a family event we accommodate for everybody and we we really because I know that some conservatives will say, just keep it keep it at the bar keep it in the bar do your own thing where you can privatize it blah 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 like they think that it's sexual and it's not our artistry varies we have different aesthetics we there's some of us are camp some of us are glamorous some of us are strictly comedic some of us are serious and fashion forward and so I just want the lawmakers in Idaho to realize that this is an art form. And what you're doing is you're censoring art. And I and I want them to, I want to reiterate this, is that like, we are not sexual beings. And I feel like the media, especially the right-wing media, categorizes and classifies us as sexual beings, and we're not. Yeah. So that's what I would love for them to take away. You know, I think drag and stand-up comedy are really similar in that. Like, the idea that you can't have uh, an artist who knows the difference between you know, an all ages crowd and an adult crowd. And like, I've definitely I've walked into rooms, realized there were kids there, had to redo my entire act in my head really fast because I was like, ah, oh, there's kids here, you know. And and I think like as a performer, you're you're doing that like automatically. You're noticing your crowd. You're paying attention. And I think about, you know, like how it must have felt like things were improving so much, you know, um, and getting so much better for queer people. And then you know, things have gotten pretty hard in the last couple of years. And like we, for example, we've heard a lot of people in the Republican, especially in Idaho, but all over, like a lot of people in Republican politics throw around the term groomer in reference to drag shows and queer people. What does the use of that word mean to you? To me, I feel I feel dirty even using it. And it's funny because it's this word that I'm doing my best not to give it that much energy and power. But yet, this all of this stuff the groomer it's so much in all the church and all the mormon churches and the the jehovah witness churches that are here in idaho i'm just like it baffles me that they correlate that word with queer people and now drag queens and i'm just like listen the last thing that drag queens want 
is to have kids in the in their vicinity because that's going to censor them and a lot of drag queens are crass and we're fun but it's like no we don't really want to like we don't i mean yes a gig is a gig and we will definitely you know do our part for the queer the you queer youth community but at the end of the day nobody wants to have to censor themselves for kids no one wants to be around sticky kids who are loud <laughs> and stuff but do, will we protect them from from the evil groomers that whether it be in their church and everything hell yeah we're gonna protect them and so i'm trying to take that word back and just because it's it's so crazy that they associate us with this and so i get very passionate and i'm just like the fact that you guys are quick to say something about queer people but you need to reinforce the doors on your closet because your skeletons are falling out <laughs> like it's just it baffles me yeah. so that word groom the grooming word has a bad taste in my mouth but like i'm taking it back and using it back on them and just with a big flashlight and just saying hey you need to know what this word really means and you need to apply it to the correct people. Yeah. Well, I, as you know, I'm a child sex abuse survivor. And uh, when people started throwing that word groomer around and pedophile around uh, willy nilly and and especially using it to uh, paint queer people as predators, uh, that has been very upsetting for me and other survivors, frankly, because like like you said, the people who preyed on me as a child were uh, straight men, you know, uh, the queer community my whole life has been supportive and safe and protected me. And um, and yeah, and like like you said, like for those communities to be co-opting that word is actually really upsetting to the survivor community. It's very frustrating and upsetting. No, I completely agree. And and now I'm tearing up because you're tearing up. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I don't share it a lot. My mother has shared it because it is her story to tell. But she's also a survivor of sexual abuse. And, you know, and, and she's been very vocal about it. And so that's why, like, it infuriates me. One out of five boys, one out of four girls is a child sex abuse survivor. And those are such high numbers. And then to throw to throw in there, like, I don't know, no actual accountability for actual predators and groomers. But then to be calling out, like, for a lot of people, the only safe place they've ever had is is extra extra awful and frustrating but i'm so when this bill to ban public drag shows does surface at the legislature what's your plan um are you going to planning to submit comment attend public hearings do you have a plan uh yes so when it gets um and i do encourage folks especially the queer community especially the drag queens if they get um onto facebook and follow the idaho legislative watch 2023 and join that group um there are some awesome individuals and they report back to the group and say exactly like okay today uh, such and such senator are int they're introducing this like this bill and this bill and they and they go into detail of what each bill exactly means it's an open group that you can join gives you great information and uh, once that once that starts popping off and the drag bill is introduced, definitely going to be working with uh, those individuals to uh, draft any statement. Um, definitely getting letters um, sent out to the senators in Idaho. Sounds like you're pretty politically active. Have you always been super politically active or is, has the focus on drag from the right wing like forced you to get political? I have not been politically active. I credit anything that I've garnered from being politically active in the last years to my mother. She ran for school board trustee back, uh, ooh, seven years. I think it's like her seventh year. Um, but seeing her in that capacity, in that, in that public forum, getting involved with that, and then seeing exactly what all that entails, being a, a board person, being a board trustee, and seeing her go to these different things, I 
I and her coming home and talking about it at the dinner table, it kind of opened up my eyes and I was like, wow, just like being on top of what's going on in the legislature, it I, I credit everything to her. And now I can't sleep at night if I if I were just be like, oh, I'm just gonna focus on my life and just me and that's it. Like there's no going back. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's end on something fun. What are you working on right now? Any new song or like costuming or performance you want to tell us about? So currently I am working on a new show that I'm going to be um, introducing to Boise. I know that a lot of times drag shows get stagnant with like top 40 music and just like putting out the putting all that out. But this show, it's called Ethereal Girls and pronounced girls. So <laughs> Ethereal Girls. I love it. <laughs> and it is definitely to... Uh, cater to the more artistic performers who not like I said not necessarily Katy uh, Katy Perry Lady Gaga Nicki Minaj it's more of like the Florence Florence and the Machine Lana Del Rey more anything that you associate with ethereal even if it's like 80s 80s music from like the Labyrinth or the Dark Crystal or Neverending Story um, that's what this show is going to encompass. It's a variety show. So it has burlesque, drag kings, drag queens, even getting dancers involved. And it'll be like a monthly show. And uh, you can follow me on Instagram because that's where I'll be posting it. That sounds completely magical and I can't wait for it. Maliha, we really appreciate you sharing so much with us today. And uh, we'll be there right with you. Thank you so much for uh, utilizing your platform and giving it to voices for everyone else. I appreciate you. <laughs> One more thing before we sign off. So far, the legislature has not introduced a bill on public drag shows, but the session is really just getting started. We're following all the action at the Capitol in our daily Hey Boise newsletter. It's free to subscribe to, and it'll keep you in the know. Okay, that's all for today here on CityCast Boise. We'll be back tomorrow morning with our weekly news chatter. We're going to be talking about what bills are coming up at the legislature, plus what's going on at City Hall these days. See you then. 